You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Or you go, Auburn family, and welcome back to another edition of Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis here on the E2C Network. My name is Kyle. I am the editor of the E2C Network and your host for Inside the Jungle. In this episode, we're going to be breaking down yet another loss. The streak continues for the Auburn men's basketball team in the 2020-2021 season. This time, they fall to the Alabama Crimson Tide at home in Auburn Arena by the score of 90-94. to The overall record for the Tigers now stands at 6-6 and in the year and 0-4 in the SEC. Not a great start to SEC play in a very interesting season already. We're going to break down the action, the storylines, everything from this game. Let's start off with just some general notes about what's been going on. And I think there might be a little bit of a uh, story out there that's of importance. Free Sharif has taken place. He is free at last. Sharif Cooper on the floor, a five-star recruit at one time, the highest recruit and highest uh, rated signee for Auburn's men's basketball, only to be outdone a few months later, uh, but still stands on the court right now, the highest rated ever to see time for the Auburn Tigers currently. It was an exciting day and evening beforehand. Let's just kind of like break this down here for a second. The night before, you know, rumors have been swirling forever and everybody's been doing the campaign, hashtag free Sharif all over social media, wondering what's been going on. We've been speculating. And finally, finally, the rumors started swirling on Friday night that we might at least get an appearance or maybe he would be eligible. Didn't know if he would play. And then it did come to fruition that it was announced. The Auburn basketball social media even showed it. It's time to release him. Just, I mean, honestly, it was the excitement that was Friday for Auburn social media. It was incredible to see this kid finally in action. We've been waiting for quite some time. And I'm sitting here asking myself, you know, is the timing quite interesting for the NCAA? I mean, are they basically just taking pity on Auburn for their point guard situation that they're in right now? I mean, not only did we not have Sharif Cooper... We have forced Alan Flanagan and Justin Powell to kind of play out of their natural position to play point guard. Justin Powell gets hurt. Turbo leaves the program. So basically, Auburn is forced to compete without a point guard. Maybe the NCAA, in all their madness and confusing nature with which they handled the whole investigation of Sharif Cooper, maybe they finally just took pity on us. I don't know. I don't care how it happened. The only thing that matters is that Sharif Cooper is here, and what a debut for him. We're going to talk a lot about that, obviously. Uh, but very happy to see him uh, on the court for the Auburn Tigers. Here's the other interesting thing about this, and I never got a confirmation if this was true or not. Uh, I, I think I heard it in the press conference afterward. A few players came to Coach Pearl and convinced him uh, to start him and to play him a significant time. You know, I kind of respect a coach that maybe was at least leaving that up in the air. Um, because you never want to make a player feel like they are the end-all, be-all. And there kind of is a little bit of a vein of that if you kind of do that. 
But it also says something, and I think this is what Coach Pearl referred to, the culture of this program where players will lay down their own starting time, their own playing time, for the sake of getting their guy, their teammate, their family member, in an essence, on the court. So that is an encouraging sign for the chemistry of this young group of talented uh, players that are together right now on the Auburn squad. Uh, so exciting times ahead as we get to watch Sharif Cooper grow. We'll talk a little bit about his game in just a second. Other of note here, and it's not really obviously in the favor of Auburn, but I like to talk about streaks and stats that are kind of interesting here. This ends a five-game losing streak for Alabama in Auburn Arena. We will see them again. Unfortunately, it will be in that airplane hangar of a arena building, whatever they have up there. And they will be celebrating the Iron Bowl victory there. So we were kind of hoping to kind of pull this one off here. So that kind of just sticks it in our crawl just a little bit more. However, we uh, need to break down this game and talk about it as as much as it may uh, frustrate us to talk about the actual game. We can be excited about the first game for Cooper. Uh, so a little bit about the flow of the actual game for those of you who may not have been able to watch or listen. Obviously, Sharif Cooper had a great game, but it was a really back-and-forth affair for pretty much the whole game, but especially in the first half. Uh, the rivalry is very exciting. A lot of excitement, obviously, with Sharif there, but just for Auburn and Alabama and his appearance for the very first time against them, it results in a 36-37 Alabama lead going into the half. This continued with the back-and-forth throughout the entirety of the second half, with Alabama kind of trying to pull away, but then Auburn fought back in it, especially with the aid of Sharif Cooper. But unfortunately, Auburn makes just a few more mistakes than Alabama does, resulting in the final score of 94-90. to The Tigers lose in Auburn Arena to their rival, the Crimson Tide. All right, let's not even go any further in this discussion without even talking about Sharif Cooper and his impact. I took the liberty of, obviously, after watching the game and kind of looking at everybody else's analyzing of it and kind of wrote some pros and cons, if you will, because I try to be fair and balanced here. I don't want to sit here and just sugarcoat everything. I try. I am an optimistic person and to a fault, and that sometimes gets me in trouble with people. So I always try to kind of play the other side and do some cons as well. So pros and cons for the impact of Sharif Cooper in just game one alone. Pros. Obviously, being at the point and guard position, if you're a five-star rated talent, you're great at passing. And I'm happy to report in game one that is very much the case. A great passer. On top of that, he has great vision. Obviously, when you think of great vision, think of being able to make passes that others can't make, uh, driving into the lane, making sure you've got that good peripheral going on so you know where your players are that you can dish it out to if you need to. But he also has great vision for where he needs to be on the floor and seems to have a very good presence of mind there. So I am uh, very impressed with that aspect of his game, probably the most of all the pros I have written here. An ability to score. You can be a great passer, but maybe you're not the best scorer in the world. This is not a shot in any way at Javon McCormick because I was very happy to have him as our point guard last year, but at times he struggled to score. He was a very good passer in, in, in some ways and actually moving the ball around and kind of setting up the offense, but I think there were some times where we could have used an ability at our point guard to score a little bit more. In one game, Sharif Cooper has done that. Here's the thing that has me most excited. And I said his great vision was probably it there, but if I'm really honest, this is it right here. An immediate impact on free throws. I mean, do you need to go any further in Kyle Loomis land to make me happy? Just be a good free throw shooter. He is 9 for 10 on the night. 90% for him. And he, ta he took a lot of shots, which means he put himself in position to draw fouls, to go to the free throw line. And 
if you look at our free throw percentage, 86% on the night. Obviously, that has a huge impact on him. 27 attempts, excuse me, not 27 attempts. Uh, we had 28 attempts from the free throw line, and he has a significant portion of that. So my hat goes off to Sharif Cooper, not just for his vision, not just for his passing, not for just his ability to score, but in game one, his direct impact on the free throw percentage for Auburn as a team. That, my friends, is why I'm so excited about him. So cons now. Let's let's play the other side of this and be fair about this whole thing. The cons would be a few missed time passes. He's a freshman. He's young. Even the best talent in the world makes some sk- some mistakes. So there are going to be some missed time passes. Trying to, and this kind of leads into my next point, maybe trying to do a little too much. Uh, at times, and I think he is a very confident guy and should be from what we've seen on the floor, but at times made some decisions on passes or moves that probably weren't the wisest choice, especially at the end. As much as he did to put Auburn in the game, keep Auburn in the game, he did kind of, in a way, contribute to the fall of Auburn at the end, but that's okay. I'd rather have you in a position with that ability to score, that great vision, that ability to pass, and give you that opportunity than for us just to mill around and not do anything. So those are my cons and my pros that I have for Sharif Cooper in only game one. This is only going to grow as time goes on, what we're going to learn about him and what we're going to be able to uh, take away from his gameplay going further, but a very important impact. Kind of off the Sharif Cooper analysis of this game is kind of the breakdown of the starting lineup. So this is quite interesting, to be honest. I've talked a lot about uh, with the whole... Uh, Turbo being gone, and then Justin Powell getting hurt. And we haven't really seen a lot of change over the Justin Powell injury or whatever's going on with him um, has kind of necessitated some roster change around Jamal Johnson. While I still think that he is better suited being in that sixth man role where he'll thrive the most, he has earned the right to start, especially if a spot in the starting lineup op- opens up, which is Quite interesting here because I've I've said a lot that I don't think Devin Cambridge should be the sixth man. I think he should be in the starting lineup because while he's not maybe making a huge impact right now, I do think he's filling space and kind of taking attention away from other areas and has an ability to be an electrifier because he kind of comes out of nowhere, makes a big dunk or a big three. Um, So I do think that he was filling a role right now in the starting lineup, whereas Jamal comes in as a change of pace. But in this game, the starting lineup is obviously Sharif Cooper, Alan Flanagan, Jamal Johnson, Jalen Williams, and JT Thor, which means Cambridge is out as the, we'll call it the sixth man right now, uh, coming in and, you know, seeing enough time. Well, actually, actually Cambridge had 24 uh, minutes total, so pretty much equal to Jamal Johnson there. So that does really look like the sixth man type of role there uh, going forward. So I don't know if this will maintain, but... Um, I do know that I'm happy that Sharif Cooper is in at point guard because that at least solidifies that. Uh, so the question becomes in, where is Powell? What's going on with him? And when he comes back into the situation, into the fold, how does that shake up the lineup? For, because there's no one else that's earned their spot, spot in the starting lineup right now than Justin Powell, if everything's okay with him. So does that mean Jamal slides back into the six-man role, and does that mean less time for Devin Cambridge? I don't think that's necessarily what needs to happen. I'm just kind of speculating here uh, what could potentially happen going forward. Hey, Auburn family. We're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are, and we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. 
Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While TeePublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C Network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. Here's something that Auburn definitely has to start paying attention to. And we are getting some bench support. And this is another reason why I think it's very important for Jamal Johnson to be in that six-man role. But without Jamal Johnson there, bench-wise, there's only 16 points scored for Auburn tonight. 10 come from Devin Cambridge, which he did a good job competing there. And Dylan Cardwell uh, did a good job there as well. But nothing from Javon Franklin, nothing from Chris Moore, nothing from Babatunde Akingbola. Granted, they saw no more than five minutes each, if that, in some areas. So it's kind of hard to contribute that much if you're not seeing a lot of time. But we've got to have bigger numbers off of the bench. Compare that to Alabama. It's not a huge, huge difference here. But uh, Reese had three. Ellis had seven. Rojas had two. Uh, but you're getting that from different areas here. And if you kind of look at it now that I'm actually looking at it, Auburn did score more off the bench, but they did play more players as well. Um, I do think bench points is something that Auburn is going to have to figure out and who best utilize in which pieces in the starting lineup and who should be coming off the bench. And I will continue to advocate for Jamal Johnson being in that role. Quick little fun note here. We talk a lot about in college basketball players that never just seem to leave on certain teams. You know, for me, for the longest time, it was Michael Carrera at South Carolina and how frustrating he was to me. Another one that I thought was gone, John Petty Jr. I don't know how I forgot about him. He's still there. Now, he didn't make the biggest impact tonight, but it's still John Petty Jr. He's pretty dang good, and I'm just ready to see him gone at this point. Uh, let's go through some of the stats now and kind of walk through those and take a look at those for a second, see how the, the breakdown of the game happened here. Auburn allowed five players in double digits. That never spells good news for you as a defense if you're allowing that amount of points. Jones had 19. Brunner had 20. It was uh, their second leading score. Shackleford with 11. Primo with the best score for them on the night at 22. And then Petty Jr. had 10 points total. So not great for Auburn defensively to allow all of those players to get in the double digits. That usually means that you're going to probably lose the game. On the other hand, though, Alabama allowed five players in double digits as well. But with, what this means is both teams were high score and makes sense, right, with the final score, 94 to 90. But Auburn just made a few more mistakes in what appeared to be a very evenly matched game. And so think about this as well. In essence, Auburn is the bottom of the SEC right now. Even though they are without a SEC win, I would say even though they statistically sit at the bottom, they are not the bottom of the SEC. And Alabama, while they are statistically the top of the SEC, I don't think that they're the top of the SEC at this moment. I don't know that they'll 
give Tennessee a run for their money by the end of all things. I could be wrong, but I'm not taking anything away from Alabama because they've got some pretty good players there and a decent team. But I don't think that you're seeing necessarily the matchup at the top and the bottom of the SEC. More of a top tier and a lower tier at the moment would be a more fair equation, just kind of looking at how things shake out here. Auburn shot a lot better um, as a team than Alabama tonight, but they made a, a lot more mistakes uh, than Alabama did tonight. A couple of scoring breakdowns here for individual players. 10 points for Jamal Johnson, 26 for Sharif Cooper on the night. 26, 8 for 19 from the field. He was only 1 for 7 from, th- uh, from the three-point range, but I think that will improve, and I've already talked a lot about his free throw percentage. Nine assists on the night. Almost got a double-double this close in his first game. And I, and I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the game. Got an SEC freshman of the week, you know, just in his first appearance ever in the orange and blue. So many more of those to come, I'm sure, as well. 15 points for JT Thor, 19 for Alan Flanagan, and then 10 for Cambridge and 6 for Cardwell we already brought up. So those are your scores for the night for the Tigers. Alabama did come into Auburn Arena and shoot a little bit better from the three-point line, 31 to 30% in their favor. And Auburn did win in the free throw percentage, 86 to 83. So as you go further down these stats, I won't roll through all of them. It's pretty even where Auburn gives in one area, Alabama will give in another. For instance, turnovers, Auburn had more, and that honestly probably might have been the difference in the game here in that and uh, bench points as well. Uh, Total rebounds, Alabama gets the win there, but in the different categories, Auburn favors in defensive rebounds, whereas Alabama favors in offensive rebounds, which resulted in them having more second-chance points. Uh, That is probably the thing that that was worked in their favor more than bench points tonight. Um, Auburn had a lot of blocks, 10, but... Alabama had a lot of steals. So a very even game. So when this game takes place later in the season at Alabama, even with the hype that they're going to have over a certain thing that happened this year and probably another thing that they're probably going to be celebrating at some point here, uh, I think that they um, will get a bigger fight on their hands, especially with Sharif Cooper having more time uh, to hone his skills, and get acquainted with what this team, his role needs to be here. This was a very exciting game with 16 lead changes. So all in all, a great first edition of this matchup on the 2020-21 season. And I was very uh, happy to watch this and happy to watch free Sharif Cooper take place for this game. Let's take a quick look ahead at the next game for the Auburn Tigers. If one rival wasn't good enough, the second one is coming up right here. And this time we're on the road. At UGA, they are 7-3 and three on the year and 0-3 and three in the SEC. The game will be at 6 p.m. Central Time this Wednesday, the 13th, on the SEC Network. Now, their last game, they're coming off a loss at Arkansas, 99-69. to 69. Absolutely killed by Arkansas on the road. It was on the road, so you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt there. But 30 points, that's pretty significant. Um, I don't want to say that I'm feeling very uh, or fairly confident that Auburn is going to get their first SEC win here, but it kind of feels that way. Auburn, while they did get beat somewhat, not convincingly, but in, in hand somewhat for Arkansas when they played them, I do think that Auburn uh, showed a little bit more ability than Georgia has. So I do think while we're going to have another case here where Auburn's been involved of the first team looking for their first SEC win, I hope and believe that this time it will be the Auburn Tigers coming out on top. 
Georgia really doesn't have any huge significant wins, but Cincinnati would be one of them. No really bad losses, but they have been on a three-game losing streak in the SEC. Uh, and then obviously the other question for a lot of Tigers that have been following the men's basketball program for the last couple of years is winning on the road. There's been some improvements in at least performance, maybe not winning, but performance on the road uh, this, this season. So I'm encouraged by that, and that doesn't get me down too much about it. One player for you to watch on Georgia, and I'm going to try to pronounce his name correctly. Uh, Tamani Kamara, a sophomore forward. I think he's about six foot eight, six foot nine. He is their leading rebounder and their leading scorer. 14.3 points per game and 7.9 rebounds per game. I would bet if we can keep him in check, we can keep the rest of the Georgia lineup in check as well. And that hopefully will result in Auburn's first SEC win, breaking their current losing streak. So that's all the thoughts I have for the game against Alabama and my look ahead to the game against UGA. I would love to hear from you. You can leave comments and questions on the post for this on social media, but even on our website, etcnetwork.com, on the actual episode page. Love to hear from you there. That's all I have for you on this episode. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?